the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good afternoon, SoCal Live. It's Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I am the senior pastor. That means I'm really old. No, I'm the senior pastor of Shepherd Church here in the San Fernando Valley. You can tune into our show, Lift Up Jesus, every night at 7 o'clock. We're here and. uh Oh, I'm so happy to be here. I, I, I want to thank uh, KKLA. They do such a great job uh, with all of their, 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 their shows they have, the people that are here speaking and preaching all day long. And uh, I was just listening to the hour as I was driving in myself. I'm just so blessed by this radio station and, and K-Praise and KKLA. We are so blessed and privileged here to have in studio a friend of mine named Steve Amerson, who is known as America's Tenor. Steve, welcome to SoCal Live. Dudley, it's great to be with you today. Brother, uh, you know, I, I see you everywhere, and, and, you know, I don't know how long ago you started coming to my church, but that's neither here nor there, although we might talk about that in a little bit. But I, I saw you on, on uh, Fox News, and some people are fans of Fox and some are not, but I saw you there. I feel like every Christmas you're on there, and we just went through the Christmas season, and they have you singing on nationwide television, and they announce you as America's tenor. Correct? They do. Yeah, it's great to be there. I love being on Fox. I I mean, they've those folks have become friends, but you're right. Normally, every Christmas they'll have me there as the as a, as a, a an opportunity to sing, also just to lift up Jesus to to uh, take a phrase from you. Yeah, and how did that? How did you ever get to be on that show, that program, and how did you get to be named America's Tenor? Oh, those are two different stories. America's Tenor came from my friend who used to be on radio here in Los Angeles, a guy by the name of Rick Dees. No way! Yeah, and Rick was on uh, uh, KISS FM, and Rick and Julie have been dear friends for years. And one time I was with Rick, and Rick says, we need a moniker for you. We need a name for you. And he goes, we're going to call you America's Tenor. And after I kind of, you know, I thought, oh, my gosh, I don't know about that. But uh, I think he was right, and it's a moniker that has stuck. Uh, getting onto Fox, I was singing for a Congressional Medal of Honor event in Louisville, Kentucky, and the head of Fox happened to be there. And I finished singing, and I walked off the stage and walked by this gentleman. He said, do you have a card? And I gave him my card, and within about two months uh, of that, I was on Fox singing uh, for a patriotic uh, event that okay. I was doing in, in New York City. So okay. that opened the door, and... They have me normally at least once or twice a year. And at Christmas time, you norm- you're always there at Christmas, I feel like. And you sing. What do you usually sing at Christmas time? Well, give us, Can you give us a little bit of Christmas? Just pretend like it's Christmas. Sleigh bells ring. <laughs> Are you listening? In the lane, snow is glistening. But um, I will sing. It's kind of become a tradition for me to sing a song called Where Else Would a Lamb Be Born? Yes. Yes. And they love it. 
And when I get there, in fact, my um, the sound guy there, the AV guy, loves me. And he just says, Steve, every time you come, you just bring so much joy mm. here. But they allow me to sing about the birth of the Savior uh, on national it, TV. It, so. it really is a blessing because, you know, we watch, and I can speak on behalf of anyone who's listening today. <laughs> We listen to Fox News and, and people listen to MSNBC, and, and uh, we, we just are such a divided nation. And yeah. then when you actually see something that's positive and good on one of those stations, it just it does bring joy. Exactly. People, people are looking for something positive. They're and, looking for a, an encouraging word. And have you ever sung on MSNBC? Have they ever asked you? I actually have sung on MSNBC. What, what, de- what decade was that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it was probably eight or ten years ago. It uh, was the morning of July 4th. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I, I have sung on MSNBC. Well, I hope they invite you back as often as Fox News. You've written a book. We're going to talk about your book. It's called Tales of a Troubadour. Yes. And uh, before we before we talk about your book, I, I want to just play. We have some clips of you singing, and uh, there's a song called "The Impossible Dream." I just want the audience here at KKLA again. This is Dudley Rutherford. I'm talking to Steve Amerson. He's America's tenor. I just want you to hear just a clip of his voice, and then we're going to get into this book that he just wrote. Oh, that is so unfair. It is so unfair that someone can sing that good. Wilbur, can you sing that good? Only in the shower. Steve, where did this voice come from? Well, it's a gift from God. I, I acknowledge you that. You truly believe it came oh, from him? Oh, totally. Totally. It, uh, in, in fact, one of the uh, chapters in the book that I wrote, it, uh, it's entitled um, Small Beginnings. And when I was four years of age, and I tell this story in the book, I'm I'm in church with my mom at uh, my grandparents' church uh, east of Indianapolis, Indiana, on a Sunday night, and all of a sudden my mom looks down at me while we're singing. We're singing this old okay. gospel song okay. called my, it's my Sheep Know My Voice and Call Me By Name. And my mom looks down at me with this look, and I thought, I'm in trouble. And when we got in trouble... We would get a spanking. Now, look, I didn't mind getting a spanking, but mom would take us to the women's restroom for oh. the spanking. See, that oh. was word. That That's was a terrible. Double whammy. Oh, I didn't want to go to the women's restroom. <laughs> but what I found out later was uh, my mom was looking at me because I was four years old and I was singing a harmony part. I was just making up a harmony. So mm. um, that's kind of where the gift started to show itself. And I recognize that God gave that, gives a gift. When God gives you a gift, mm. There's a responsibility that comes along with it, and so what I've tried to do is hone the gift and and uh, you know perfect it as much as I possibly can. You know, in heaven, it's 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 a world of opposites, right? Have you ever been, have you ever, have I ever told you that? No. My, my, this is my theology. 
you know, like like I can't sing. I'm thinking, well, when I get to heaven, I, I'll be able to sing. Yes. And you won't be able to sing, but I'll be able to sing, and and you'll be bald, and I'll have and I'll have hair, and, and you're going to be really tall, and I'm going to be really short. That's just the, it's a world of opposites, anyway. So I'll be as good looking well, as you, know, you are now. You know, the Bible just says it's going to be perfect. So I, I, but when I hear your voice, it really is inspirational. It's it's there's something divine about it. Well, what I try to do is get out of the way. If it's a good song mm. with a great lyric. My job is to get out of the way and not draw attention to myself. It's to, to allow the message to be communicated to people. Uh, my name is Dudley Rutherford, Pastor Shepherd Church, and I'm your SoCal host today. And I'm talking to Steve Amerson, who's an artist that's sung really literally around the world. His voice uh, can be heard on 175 different feature films, countless television shows, commercials, and video games. He's done 19 solo CDs, Broadway patriotic and christmas selections and you've literally sung for churches all over this country hollywood bowl carnegie hall you've ministered alongside well-known pastors and authors which i want to talk about billy graham chuck swindoll jack hafer and david jeremiah we're going to talk about that but you have a brand new book called tells of a troubadour yes I'm going to tell you half the people don't know what a troubadour is. So can you explain what a troubadour is I, I, and, and then explain explain what your book is about a little bit? Because I really – I read through this book, and I'm going to tell you in a minute why I enjoyed reading it. But I want you to explain your book. Well, troubadour, first of all, is a traveling minstrel. And I learned that term probably when I was in college. And uh, back when I was in college, there were these things called citizen band radios, CB radios. CB radios. CB radios. And that's how as we uh, traveled by car, we would, you know, we would speak on the radio. And I had many late night drives. And so talking to people, to truckers and other people traveling, my, my handle, my name was Troubadour. No way yes so i i used that and then when we, when we got to california when my wife and i moved here i got a personalized license plate and it was t-r-o-u-b-a-d-r because i couldn't use all the letters so it was troubadour how long did you have that license plate uh probably for 10 or 12 years i think i saw that somewhere <laughs> I really do. Oh, you saw, oh, that was the time I was pulled over for speeding. <laughs> well, we we're not going to go there. What, what, what made you write this book? You know what? People would also, uh, often ask me questions like, when did you know you could sing? Or right. what's the most uh, Im- impressive place you've sung? So these are there's 13 chapters. It's, mm. a, it's a quick, easy read, easy read of places where I've sung and the impact. And in each chapter, at the end of each chapter, there's an encore. And it's a it's a question or it's an encouragement to do something to help someone along the way. Um, so it's it's uh, stories of singing at Carnegie Hall, singing at the Hollywood Bowl for the first time when I was mm. scared mm. out of my brain. It was okay. it, it was scary. Uh, singing on the Southern Steps in Jerusalem, mm. involving with Medal of Honor recipients uh, in events, and uh, also uh, singing in the United States Capitol. So it's thirteen encounters. Uh, sharing of experiences where I've sung and things that I learned from those. And can they buy it anywhere they buy purchase books? They can do that anywhere they purchase books, or they can go to steveamerson.com. If they go there and put their name in the comment section, I will personalize the book for them. Let's do that. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking to Steve Amerson, who wrote this book called Tales of a Troubadour. 
And uh, you can find it at his website, which is steveamerson.com. Correct. Steve, I read through this book, and I've, I've known you uh, for quite a while. Yes, sir. And I, I have my own thoughts about you, but um, <laughs> I've, I've never heard you sing where I just didn't feel blessed. It's like, it's like listening to you sing is such a blessing. And I want to encourage people to go to your website, steveamerson.com, or they can go to another website, which we'll talk about in a minute, called amazedbyamerica.com, amazedbyamerica.com. The reason I like that website is because it's got a lot of the clips, uh, video clips, and, and people can actually not only hear you but, but see you sing. But I've been in the Valley for 35 years, mm-hmm. and again, I'm, I'm a local pastor, and the church where I pastor, Shepherd Church, was a merger of two churches about 30 years ago. It was the old First Baptist Church Van Nuys, which at one time was the largest Sunday school class in, in America. Mm-hmm. And it was led by a man named Dr. Jess Moody, who was a larger-than-life character. I, I, I refer to him as the John Wayne of preachers. He just walked into this room, and he just his presence filled up this room. And, and, and not everybody liked Jess, but I always said if I sat around a table with six people, five of them would have died for him, and one just absolutely hated him. But that's what happens when you are larger than life and you lead. There's always uh, critics there. But... Jess Moody led this incredible church, uh, First Baptist Church Van Nuys. He eventually sold his campus to Jack Hayford in Church on the Way. So now Church on the Way has two campuses, their East Campus and their West Campus. And Jess moved out into the suburbs out here to Porter Ranch, California, and built uh, a, a beautiful building before he retired at age 70. And then one day, as a, a pastor of a church down the street, we merged our two churches together. So I've been in this valley for 35 years, and there's just a lot of history. Mm-hmm. When you've been somewhere that been somewhere that long, I've got to know Jack Hayford, which is, is one of God's saints, and then Dr. Jess Moody. What I, what I enjoyed about reading your book was the history that's hmm. in this book and the history that you have with the city of Los Angeles. Mm-hmm with some great churches and great preachers as you've traveled across this country, a lot of the leaders. And that's that. That's what I really enjoyed about your book, was not just learning about you, but the people that you've interacted with are people that I'm interested in knowing more about them. And you kind of reveal your relationship with these people. And I, I want, as I mentioned that, I want you to go all the way back when you first got to Los Angeles and when you first got connected with first, what, what's known as the former First Baptist Church Van Nuys, and again, I would encourage anybody to read your book, Tales of a, a Troubadour, just to kind of get the history of your life and music here in, in America. Your story, I think, is inspirational, and it was very enlightening, but I, I love the history, and I don't ever want to forget our past and where we came from. So I, I'm always trying to honor Dr. Jess Moody and Jack Hayford and others like that who've been here in the Valley and made such a difference for God. So go back to that story where you came to Los Angeles and met Jess, what you thought of him, that church, and what what was what was Christianity like back in those days in the Valley? Jess was a wild man. I mean, I, mean, I remember him saying one time, he said he'd rather uh, – <laughs> He'd rather spend time with some hookers down on Sunset Boulevard than some of his deacons. And, <laughs> oh and, he, and he meant that, that he wants to be with people. Yeah. He wants to impact people's lives. He doesn't want to be with boring people. He wants to be in a, in a place where he can share Jesus with them. But he was certainly um, 
unpredictable and a, and a free spirit. Uh, Christine and I moved here in 1978. She was from Michigan. I was from Ohio and Indiana. Mm. We drove out here in my 1975 Dodge Colt with a blown head gasket. And every morning I'd put in a quart of oil and a gallon of water. And we drove across and uh, got here, I think it was September the 8th of 1978. Mm. And I took a position on staff at First Baptist Van Nuys. Initially, I was the minister to college and single adults. Okay. Even though I my background was music. How did, how did he know to hire you? Uh, I don't. Well, um, I had been recommended to him. I had a degree from Southern Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky. Okay. And I'd been recommended. I had several jobs I was looking at, but Christine and I thought, well, let's go to California for two or three years and get crazy. Who knows? And then we'll go back to the Midwest. We never escaped. And joined that staff, found out that they had a phenomenal music program there mm. at the church. It was mm. just – it was amazing. Uh, the minister of music was O.D. Hall. Within two years, I became O.D.'s associate and then stepped into a music position there. Wow. That, that's another name out of the past, O.D. Hall. I remember reading that in the book. For those of us that are not as gifted as you musically, okay, but – so just because of your gift, uh, it's like you're an authority on the subject, which is not necessarily true. But but how do you explain to people the importance of worship in our lives and our relationship to God? For those of us that can't sing like you, but we're still called to worship and to lift these poor voices up to God. A.W. Tozer said, I may not have a great voice, but to God I'm an opera star. Oh, say that again. I may not have a great voice, but to God I'm an opera star. Wow, that is really... And so really good. people need to realize it's not the quality of their voice. It's, it's the attitude of their heart. And we're called to make a joyful noise. It doesn't have to be beautiful, but we're, to, we're, we're called to let what is inside of us come out. Mm. And, and, uh, and to have a spirit of praise, we know that God indwells the praises of his people. It doesn't have to be beautiful. So if, and also, from the Old Testament, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Mm. It doesn't come from anything that we muster up. Joy comes from, you know, the joy of the Lord is our strength. So I encourage people to sing joyfully, to be joyful people. If they want to get strong, find some joy and become a person who sings joy. Have you ever, like, been in church? Because I see you sitting out there. I'm wondering now, if Steve really belts this next worship song out, do the, do the people around you look over at you? I'm I'm really careful, Dudley. I just I, have, you, have I, you ever I, done that? Um, no, actually, it's it's. I'm, <laughs> I, I, I'm kind of like a secret weapon uh, in that I'm kind of stealth. I don't make a big deal. A lot of times I'll be sitting next to someone, and they go, hi, how are you? Hello. And then the next thing I'm on the platform singing, and they're like, oh, my gosh, what was that? Because you know, then, um, then I kind of let it rip when I get up there. But well, otherwise, I just, I'm just i kind of undercover. Uh, Steve, we're going we're gonna to come back after break here. We're going we're gonna to get into your book, and uh, we're going to talk about some important things uh, because I want to talk about – a little bit about your work with the military mm-hmm. and in Washington D.C. We're going to get to all of that, and I know this might sound strange, but this this brother in front of me, Steve Amerson, you can find him at steveamerson.com, and I want to really encourage you to go to that website and get a copy of his book, uh, Tales of a Troubadour. He has a ministry where he goes every month. Uh, maybe even more often to Washington, D.C., and he walks the halls of Congress. You're not going to believe this story, but 
I do think that we're living in this day and age that is so filled with uh, fear. People are so fearful. Yep. And I, I, I've said this to my church many times. You're not going to outsmart. You're not here. I said it last week or two weeks ago. I said, it's 2020. We live. We're still here. We're still alert. God saw us through. We're still here. You're uh-huh. here. Praise God. 2021, It was a, a, my buddy calls it a dumpster fire year, <laughs> and we're still here. And now it's 2022, and we're still here. And how much time did we spend the last year in wasted worry, wasted yeah. energy, uh, worrying about things that never even happened? And if you're here today, it's not because you outsmarted the virus. You can't outsmart a virus. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, even Dr. Fauci cannot outsmart the virus. You're here today by the grace of God. Mm-hmm. If you're here today and you're alive and you're breathing and you're you can get to church, you need to get to church and thank the maker of heaven and earth for giving you another day of life. And I think that's where church has has made a difference as we've we've been open for almost 2 years. We weren't shut very long, but as people walk in there, I just talked to a lady who came, she said, for the first time in a long time uh, here in the studio, who came Christmas Eve, I believe, and she was just so blessed. She'd been so long since she'd been in church. But there's such a joy and a blessing uh, from being there in church. And so as we go kind of t- until we get to the next, our next, after our next break, we'll get back into this book. I want to play just another clip of Steve Amerson singing a song called Joyful, Joyful, because it's not just the music, it's the spirit of the song, and it's the words of the song, and it's the gift of music that brings us joy as we worship together week after week. So here's a song by Steve Amerson called Joyful, Joyful, and I want to thank you again for listening uh, to this Friday's edition of SoCal Live. Oh, we're trying to keep it simple here today. I hope you're blessed wherever you're listening. We want to encourage you always to tune in to KKLA and K-Praise here in SoCal. My name's Dudley Rutherford, and I'm your afternoon host here on SoCal Live. And uh, we're in studio with Steve Amerson, who recently wrote a book called Tales of a Troubadour. And uh, it's a, a fascinating read. It's an easy read. I want to encourage you to go to his website, steveamerson.com, steveamerson.com. And he's known as America's Tenor. And we've been talking a little bit about worship and music. And I believe uh, in your book, you've got a chapter in here about where you sang with what's called the three tenors. And then you ha- it's called the three tenors and the other three tenors. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't 
know if I know any of the other three, but I know those three. Tell us about your time with the three tenors. It was back, I think, in 19, maybe 84 or so. The three tenors, Pavarotti, Domingo, and Carreras, had done one concert together, and it was a huge hit. And then they were going to come to Los Angeles and do a concert at Dodger Stadium. Now, there were some special songs. Some of the material they sang was operatic, but some of them were new arrangements. And one of those three tenors, who will go nameless, didn't know how to read music. So we recorded those uh, some demos. No, wait, wait, wait. Time out. One of them didn't know how to read music? So so we recorded these demos for Pavarotti. (laughs) So he could learn his music. Oh, we don't. We know his name now. <laughs> and and for the uh, – so two other tenors and I were brought into a studio, and we recorded uh, these arrangements that had been done for them by Lalo Schifrin, who's a famous movie composer, jazz composer. In fact, he wrote – you'll know this. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, yeah. Dun, dun. So Lalo had written the the uh, the song for Mission Impossible. All right. So he does these arrangements, but he needs to have them demonstrated, recorded for the tenors, and I did that. Over the years, I sang in English, Latin, French, Italian, Spanish, Russian, Portuguese, and Italian dialect, Japanese, and Korean, as they did concerts, three tenors concerts, all throughout the world. No way. So that was that was probably the um, out of my career. It, it wasn't necessarily the highest point, but it it required every bit of musicianship and every bit of every brain cell that I had. So I, I want people to know who are listening, who go to churches, that that you will do a concert. I mean, there's there's some requirements there, but I, if someone is interested in having you do a concert, absolutely. And and tell us because uh, you did this at our church, Shepherd Church. You 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 did this uh, thing with the Broadway songs. I did a whole evening uh, with a friend of mine, Lori Gale Stevenson. We did a whole night of Broadway songs that are inspirational, that have a spiritual dynamic to them. It's like a minute ago you played The Impossible Dream, and the world will be better for this that one man scorned and covered with scars still strove with his last ounce of courage to reach the unreachable star. There are some great Broadway songs that have a spiritual message. I want to play one uh, that comes from Les Mis. And and how many times have you seen Les Mis? I've seen it several times, lots of times. That story, Uh, Les Mis is a story of It's a story of grace. And one of the most beautiful songs in that entire play, Wilbert, I don't know if you know this, is called Bring Him Home. I want you to hear, I want our listening audience to hear my in-studio guest, Steve Amerson, sing just a clip of this song called Bring Him Home. He's like the son I might have known. If God had granted me a son. The summers die one by one How soon they fly on and on And I am old and will be gone Bring him peace and bring him joy. What a song. Is that one of the greatest songs ever uh, written and sung? It is. Um, people ask me, what is the my favorite Broadway song to sing? That's the song. Mm. Uh, Dudley, I've done concerts with uh, in symphony orchestra settings, mm. uh, not churches, out in, in halls. 
and I will start singing that song and I will see people start to weep. Mm. And I realize it's not the beauty of my voice. It's the Spirit of God that's mm. invading the place. One night I finished doing a concert of Broadway songs. Uh, it was in Florida, in, in Sarasota. I never – all I did, I, I set up Bring Him Home saying that this is a song of grace mm. and that all of us are looking for grace. And as I walk off at the end of the concert, one of the violin players just looked at me and said, that was a worship service. And so here I was in this in this quote-unquote secular setting. I don't really like that word. Right. I don't like making a separation between secular and sacred. Right. I believe it all belongs to God. Yes. Just some of it has been redeemed and some of it is yet to be redeemed. Mm. God can take a song. God can take God can redeem a home, a house, a car, a job if we will give it to him. Mm. So my calling is to take songs and to try to communicate God's redemptive message through those songs. Uh, my name is Dudley Rutherford. I'm the senior pastor of Shepherd Church, and I'm your host this afternoon on SoCal Live. And my in-studio guest is Steve Amerson, who wrote a book called Tales of a Troubadour. You can get a hold of this at uh, steveamerson.com or wherever you buy books. Exactly. And it's just a book full of stories like the ones we're talking about yep. right right here on uh, online, on studio. And just want to encourage you to pick up that book. You're when you do these Broadway songs, again, that's a secular song, but you're you kind of go through all the songs and all the Broadway plays, the well-known ones, and you take out songs that have spiritual meaning. Those are the songs. When you say you're doing a Broadway musical, you're doing the songs like the one we just heard. Exactly. There's a great song called uh, This Is The Moment. The opening lyric, this is the moment, this is the day when I send all my doubts and demons on their way. Mm. Every endeavor I have made ever is coming into play, is here and now today. So I walk into these settings and people just think I'm singing Broadway. So, oh no, I'm singing the gospel. And this all came from some pastors <laughs> that, that got you on this road. Years ago, I was, uh, I was actually doing an event with, with Chuck Swindoll. Okay. And Chuck says, do you know the song, Bring Him Home? I said, no, sir. He said, you need to learn and sing that song. You had not heard of the song. No, I didn't know the song. Well, I'm, I might have heard of it, but I didn't know it. So I began to use Bring Him Home in my church concerts. Uh, the, I would use this quote-unquote secular song in the midst of my sacred songs. Okay. And my mind started to change because I saw that this Broadway song was having as much impact mm. as my quote-unquote Christian songs. And so that led me to create my first Broadway CD called Front Row Center. And then I created a second CD. And then as I created that, Jack Hayford got involved. And he said, well, do you know this song? Do you know this song? And so he knows every song. He knows every song. <laughs> he wrote half of them. <laughs> he wrote half. So anyway, two pastors were encouraging me in this endeavor to do Broadway songs. So Steve, I, we, we have a couple minutes left in this segment. And thank you again for being here. And um, we're still going to talk about what's going on in Washington, D.C., but I've got a couple of Bible verses here. All right. You know, the Bible has a lot to say about worship oh, yeah. and music, and I just want to read a verse, you, and you don't know what I'm getting ready to read. So I'm just, I'm just pulling these verses out of the Bible, and w after I read the Bible verse, I just want you as a singer, uh, a gifted singer, to tell me what comes to your mind as you hear these words. And the first one is Isaiah 42, 10, that says, and this actually comes from your book, mm -hmm. Tales of a Troubadour, it's in there, but it's the, it's the verse, sing a new song to the Lord, sing his praises from the ends of the earth. What does that verse mean to you? Well, it calls me, first of all, that I just don't sing 
old songs all the time. Okay. I need to be seeing what new things God is doing. Um, we just don't reflect. I mean, first of all, I think we need to understand the hymns and the power of the hymns, the lyric of the hymns. But we need to find new songs that have great lyric and have great music to them and reflect that today and, and do that to the ends of the earth. That's what we're called to oh, do. Oh, that is awesome. Okay, here's another one. First Chronicles 16.23 says, Sing to the Lord all the earth. Proclaim his salvation day after day. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. In the middle of that, it talked about salvation. We ought to take every means that we can to proclaim the what the year of the Lord. This is the day of salvation, and we may, we need to be people about salvation, and we need to be people who are rest, people of restoration, of redemption, and music can help proclaim that. Okay, one more Jeremiah twenty verse thirteen. This is a very obscure verse, but it says, "Sing to the Lord, give praise to the Lord." And the next line reads, he rescues the life of the needy from the hands of the wicked. Oh, man. God's word brings rescue. Even as I was engaging with some people these past couple of days traveling, I tried to speak the name Jesus. And as we speak, and I, there's one lady that I was, I, I ran into her to a, in the hall, and I said, when you start feeling down, speak Jesus. Just mm-hmm. speak Jesus. And so... What, it, what, what is there about worship and music that draws us closer to Jesus? Well, it reveals what's in our heart, first of all. And when we start singing his praises, it also pushes out doubt mm. and fear. Mm. And, and the world is filled with so much fear, and so that's why just singing or speaking the name Jesus is so powerful. Well, what is the difference between speaking it and singing it, though? Oh, well, what, there's an old phrase that says, he who, sing, he, he who sings prays twice. There's something powerful. I, I believe that I'm the, spirit of the, whole, uh, the, the, the temple of the Holy Spirit. When I sing, his spirit is flowing out of me. It's almost as though as I proclaim Jesus, his spirit is, is on the wind, on the air. As I exhale, it's I'm not just singing his name, but I am moving his spirit out into the room where I'm at. So there's something powerful when people proclaim Jesus and when they do it as they sing. Mm. Uh, my guest is Steve Amerson. You can get a hold of him at steveamerson.com. Or you look up this website, which we're going to talk about when we come back from this break, called Amazed by America, amazedbyamerica.com. My name is Dudley Rutherford, and we're here in studio, KKLA Studio, K-Praise. Thank you for listening to this Friday's edition of SoCal Live. I hope you're having a blessed afternoon here in SoCal. My name is Dudley Rutherford. I am the senior pastor of Shepherd Church, and you can hear us every night here on KKLA at at 7 o'clock each evening. And uh, I have an in-guest studio guest. His name is uh, Steve Amerson, and he just wrote a book called Tales of a Troubadour. But uh, we were talking before we went to break uh, just about worship and and we were reading some bible verses and the power of the power of music mm-hmm. and um 
I, so often I see guys in church the first time sometimes, I don't know why it's guys, but they come in there and got their arms crossed, and they're like, I'm not singing. <laughs> and then the next week they come, I see them tapping their foot, and next week they're kind of moving around, and finally they, they'll eventually start singing. But I do think, I do think that, God is, that God is blessed when we worship. Correct? Well, I, I, I mean, obviously, it, yeah, he's looking for it. He doesn't need it. Doesn't need it. He doesn't need it. But, boy, he loves it when his people come before him praising him. And you, Steve, have been involved in this book. You've got a whole chapter called Because of the Brave. Yes. And you have a heart for the military and for men and women who've served and have paid the ultimate price. And before we get into that, you, we've got a song that you of you singing, America the Beautiful. And uh, in, in case you just tuned in, Steve is America's tenor. And uh, I've seen him on television. He's been on 175 different shows and movies uh, singing, but truly, truly honors God with his voice. I've known you long enough and well enough to know that you're the real deal, but I want people to hear just a, a clip of you singing America the Beautiful. Was that in the shower, or was that just like driving down the road? How do you do that? You know, I was just thinking, I sang America the Beautiful several years ago when they brought the space shuttle Endeavor back to Los Angeles, and they had this big ceremony there at LAX, and here comes in the the, the space shuttle, and I start singing America the Beautiful. Oh, it was so cool. It was was great. Steve, you you live here in L.A. You've lived here for over 40 years. 40 years, and yet... You are involved, your life, your heart, your gift of music, but somehow you are involved in doing ministry, I hope everybody's paying attention, in Washington, D.C. If we had to pick one city in the entire United States of America, or perhaps in the entire world, where we wish the Spirit of God was moving... It would be Washington D.C. I want you to tell everyone how what what are you doing and what you live here, but you you do work in at at the Capitol building. Tell us tell us what what you do. Come on. In uh, in July of uh, 2014, I was invited to go to D.C. and sing in the first weekly worship service in the United States Capitol in 144 years. There used to be worship services in Statuary Hall there in I the I want Capitol. you to tell people that again, because people believe this separation of church and state. They don't understand, but they're used, they used to have church inside the Capitol building. Absolutely. It's uh, from 1800 to 1869. Church, worship, church, prayer, worship service. preaching, people. Thomas Jefferson would ride his horse from the White House down to the Capitol. 
and they would have services in Statuary Hall because at the during those years, it was the largest room where they could assemble people together. The Marine Band would be up in the balcony of Statuary Hall playing for the hymns. Thomas Jefferson, he had a complaint that people didn't sing loud enough in these services and that the preachers didn't preach long enough. Oh. So the services ended being held in the Capitol in 1869 because by that time there were rooms, there were churches uh, that could handle a large crowd. So in 2014, I went back for the first worship service in the Capitol. We met in room HC5, which is in the basement of the Capitol, and did this first worship service. Small group. There were probably about 14 of us there. Mm. Uh, after that, the, the gentleman getting it going said, would you come back twice a month? And bear in mind, Dudley, there's no honorarium, no airfare, no hotel. And I went four or five times and finally just uh, talking with my board, I, I said, I don't think we can keep doing this. And within a matter of weeks – the remainder of the year was covered. People said, we want you there. We need you to lead worship. Dudley, can you imagine praise worship songs going on in the halls of Congress? No, I cannot. That's I cannot imagine that. That's what's going on. And some Wednesday our, our services are on Wednesday nights. And the great thing is they are there in the Capitol, which means members may go and vote on the House floor, and then they come to our service, and then they get a text that they're voting again. They may have to leave. We get that. We understand that. But there's there's that power of worship and God's Word being proclaimed in the Capitol, in the United States Capitol. So since 2014, I go to Washington, D.C. twice a month. During COVID times, we've not been able to do our services, but I've still been going. And as I go, before I go, I write handwritten notes to members of Congress. Each trip, I write 200 handwritten notes. You write 200 notes. I write 200 handwritten handwritten notes. People don't even know how to do that. Uh, Well, I've learned, and I was there this week. I got home yesterday from D.C., and I flew in Tuesday night, and Wednesday morning I started about 8.30, and I visited 200 offices on both the House and the Senate side. I engaged with members of Congress, both Republicans and Democrats. I spent time talking with them and praying for them. Okay, so what do you write in these notes? It's a word of encouragement. Typically on the top, I will have printed some scripture, some something that will make them think, uh, remind them of God's presence and God's authority and God's sovereignty. And then I'll just write a personal note. I, if I know that there's a family issue, mm-hmm. I'll tell them I'm praying about that. It's all encouragement. And as I go into these offices, I, I walked into one office one time, Dudley. The, the member invites me into, into his office, closes the door, and he says, I am so lonely. Mm. He says, I'm lonely here on the hill. I'm lonely when I go back home. I get in the elevator one night on one Wednesday night to set up for our service. A member of Congress steps in the elevator with me. The door closes. I'm very careful on the Hill. I don't try to embarrass people, but it's just this congressman, con- well, congresswoman and myself. The door closes. I said, what do you need God to do for you today? And without hesitation, she said, I need prayer for my adult son. And I start praying as we're going down on the elevator, and she just grabs my shoulder. And when I finish praying, she goes, God put you here for me today. Mm. I said, I'll be back in two weeks. She goes, would you come and, and see me when you come back? So, so so they know why you're there? Do they know who you are? Do they know your, fa- <laughs> your faith? I mean, you just show up and hand them a note? 
Um, people learn. In fact, I met a congressman I had not met before, but he's been getting my notes. He sit next, sits next to me at dinner on Wednesday night. He goes, so what are you doing here? I said, I'm just here to encourage you. I said, I'm not a lobbyist. I'm not a reporter. I'm not a constituent. I don't want anything from you. I'm just here to encourage you. And he just kind of looks at me. Like, in fact, like, there, there's one member from uh, from here in California. And years ago when I met him, I said, you know, can I pray with you? And I pray for him. He goes, well, what do you want? I said, I don't want anything. Nothing. And he goes, oh, 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 but wait a What do you want? I don't want anything. I just want to encourage you. People do not understand. And I didn't understand until I went how difficult it is to work on Capitol Hill. Wilbert, I want you to cue up that song, Mind of Christ. Let me know when you have that ready. And uh, Steve, I want to thank you for uh, for being here today and for this story. And, and there's so much more that we could talk about. I, I, want, I want him to hear one more clip, and then I want to come out of this clip uh, because this is what it's all about, uh, you sharing Christ, not only as you travel around the world, if you're on Fox News, but going twice a month yep. – to the halls in Washington, D.C., and sharing Christ through words of encouragement. Uh, Wilbert, play this clip real, for us real quick. The mind of Christ, my highest goal, the Lord's delight, the desire of my soul, the Father's heart. Steve, have you sung have you sung that song in the halls of Washington D.C.? Absolutely, I've you sung, have I've, sung that song in the halls of Washington D.C. Uh, s- several times. Here's the deal, uh, Dudley. I oh. I don't have to I don't have to close the deal. Mm. I just have to open the door. Amen. And as believers, that's what I think. We just need to reflect the mind of Christ. And and, and a friend of mine, uh, Barry McGuire, ha- has said, my job is just to move people a little closer to Jesus every mm. day. And that's my job, just to move them closer. And if somebody – we just have a minute. If someone wanted – can someone support and give to your ministry as you as you do this? I, I, you You did not come in here to promote that, but – I'm asking you because there's people listening that would love to be a part of this ministry, knowing that they've sponsored someone in the halls of Washington, D.C. doing what you're doing. Uh, people can go to steveamerson.com. There's a place to contribute there if they want. If people want to get on my me, I do an, an update after every trip of what I'm, what's happening in D.C. Oh. And they can send a note to info at steveamerson.com. Just say D.C. update, and after every trip, I will let them know what happened on that trip. Oh, well, brother, thank you so much uh, for coming in studio. And in the same way he's encouraged these politicians, uh, you would be amazed by how often I get a text uh, from, from this man, sometimes when I'm really discouraged. Uh, so he just has that gift of encouragement. And I want to encourage you to go to his website, uh, steveamerson.com, pick up a copy of this book, Tales of a Troubadour, and read through these stories. You will be blessed. Just as this music has blessed you, this book will bless you. Go to the website, amazedbyamerica, amazedbyamerica.com, and you you can see video after video of him singing, 
in front of politicians. You can see him singing at different places around the world and for our military. Steve, I want to thank you so much for your heart, your faith, your ministry, and your voice, and for your humility as well. This is Pastor Dudley Rutherford, your afternoon host. You are listening to this Friday's edition of SoCal Live. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.